Expounded Universe, Season 12, Episode 6. And what awakens the wrath of the lizard? The book, Ruins of Dantooine, by Veronica Whitney Robinson. And Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004. Chapters 10 and 11. Hosts were, and remain, Jeff and John. Let's go! everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Aldrich. Why do I keep saying last names? How did that get in my head? What is wrong with me? And our other host, John. There we go, that's better. I like that better. It's not our, I mean, it's not like I care anymore. We've got multiple books out that are on shelves in stores and stuff, but, but it's not our brand. Our brand is that we only have first names. That's the brand irritatingly similar first names i mean i wouldn't say it's irritatingly similar endearingly similar sure why not okay endearingly similar first names but i keep i keep saying people's last i gotta stop it i just gotta knock it off yeah people's last <sighs> names suck ass they do everyone's last name sucks unless you have a really cool one like dark trend bravo yeah dark trend mist flyer I mean, I'm glad that we don't see their last names that often because it's a good reminder of how bad they are. <laughs> Every time you have to see, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot this guy's name is Finn Dark Trin. Mr. Dark Trin, if you would, please. <laughs> mm, yes, I believe I would. Don't tell them my last real, my real last name is Glazer. <laughs> I thought Dark Trin sounded super cool. So cool. Mm, indeed, sir. It does not. Oh... Uh... Man, it makes it it makes it look like you don't know how to spell trim. <laughs> you would not believe the dark train <laughs> I pulled down. <laughs> and Mistflyer, I mean that's just fucking Skywalker. Come on. Come on. A little more imagination, please. Just a tiny bit. Give me a katarn or a horn over this shit. One katarn, please. A kestis. I'd be okay with a Kestis, Jade, whatever. Anyway, they are, I don't know. You know what? Let's get into them in a minute. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. You know, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I got to yeah. say, are though, you... these, uh, these chapters not helping things at all. Well, I mean, okay. First of all, they are very, very similar to the last two chapters. In in uh in layout and tone and uh, story structure, it's basically like they just hit the reset button on chapters uh, eight and nine and just did them again. It's it's unfortunate because they're just like, oh well, you know, you have uh, you got to do a little, little shuttle and you then and then you got you got a planet you got to go through and you're like, okay, great, all right, we're done with that. You got to get on this shuttle and go to a planet and you're like, okay, sure. I, I feel get like it. We've done the get on a shuttle thing, what four times now in this book? Hey, where the first chapter that we've read was get on a shuttle, and the second chapter was do something in the place and get assigned to another shuttle. I mean, it's an MMO. You gotta shuttle around and do some stuff. I guess the uh, the quest hubs just aren't very big here. I'm really curious about this now because 
this this sure this is the only Star Wars book I'm aware of that's written about a Star Wars MMO, and that's discounting the fact that there might be uh, the Old Republic books. They're they're very well. I I don't know, but I do know that there are just boatloads of World of Warcraft novels. Yeah, enough where I know a couple of the authors who write them, even though I've never read one of their books, like your you know Richard Canax, but. But uh, I, I don't. I, I can't imagine that they're doing this nonsense. Th- th- those books aren't like. And then Thrall got on the Griffin that the Windrider provided him, and he sat on the Griffin for two minutes while checking Twitter in the Alt tabbed menu. <laughs> no, I mean, at least with something like the Warcraft novels, I feel like they were tasked with. We want novelizations of our backstory that we haven't already gotten to show. Whereas yeah. with this, it's like, no, we already have the story. It's the movies and the other novels. This is literally just a, Hey, come play our game propaganda book. This is very much like a quest line and two PCs running that quest line and doing way too much RP content in the margins. Oh Yeah. They're just doing one quest chain. Nobody's stopping to do the side quests. Like they get to the hub and there's the main storyline quest. They pick that Mm -hmm. up and then 10 other people who are like, hey, can you find 12 versions of this plant? And they're like, no, thank you. Just doing the story quests. (laughs) I plan to buy XP through microtransactions later. I'm a subscriber, so I get a substantial XP bonus. It's just like I, because I know those WoW books sell pretty well, like well enough that they've been doing them for the entire run of the uh, of the MMO, and I I just I can't imagine. I mean, I know they're not even very good; that they are constantly making mistakes that I have to hear about second and third hand, like that Medan character. Ah, uh. I don't I don't know what he's like half human, half orc, half Draenei, and he's like a golden god boy with every superpower. And they've, like, gone as far as the devs of the game promising they'll never put him in there because it's just too much. Oh, yeah. Someone decided to make Super Jesus, and then they went, "Mm, we've got regular Jesus already. We don't need this. (laughs) We're set on Jesuses. (laughs) But it's called the No Jesuses server. (laughs) Yeah, we've got one Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, so, anyway, I guess we can get into it. Uh, They are the the first chapter opens with them walking to the shuttle that Leia has provided for the two of them to go to Dantooine in alone. Uh, again, not providing any other backup or assistance. Most important mission that's going on right now. How about these two chuckleheads do it? Hey, I mean, at least with the chapter when they actually, you know, get to Dantooine, the, uh, the Imperials there are on top of things, at least, for being a shitty outpost. I mean, I figure you'd be more on top of it if you were like, oh, we'd never get visitors, and so anytime someone shows up, we're just going to take any opportunity to do anything because we're so bored. So Right, so I guess a a few more rebels might have attracted some scrutiny. Yeah, because they have to make uh, fake IDs and stuff for Finn, Uh, Mm -hmm. and so I figure the more fake stuff you have to come up with the more likely it is that you will mess it up yeah i feel like the easiest thing to additionally bring along would probably be droids oh yeah or that would be a thing that it would be fine with just non-humans would also work pretty well because you could be like what's that 
Uh, I don't know. It's some Ithorian. He's definitely a doctor. Uh, oh, okay, well, we don't... They, he looks like every other Ithorian to me. Hell, even in this chapter, we get Finn being racist about Ithorians. Again, because he already like, referred to uh, Tendow as the hammerhead before, and it pissed mm-hmm. her off. And then he does it again now, and she's like, really? Well, I guess <laughs> I can excuse racism, because you're hot. Yeah, literally. She br- briefly bristles when he says, you like that hammerhead, didn't you? And then she's just like, uh. I don't have time to be mad, and besides, you've got them abs. <laughs> Look, I can't be angry at a racist with cum gutters like that. <laughs> Racism's just going to wash off him like so much guttered cum. <laughs> oh man, it sounds way worse when you describe it backwards like that. Yeah, man, it's real early in the podcast to be getting this deep into it. <laughs> hey, just b- binge watch that fourth season of Big Mouth. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> there's a lot more coming. So, uh, so yeah, they get on board the shuttle and they take off for Dantooine. Finn's going to fly them there. I assume that his reputation is a shitty pilot. We've already done that bit on the show so, or the book. So now we don't need to worry about it anymore. Well, I mean, we even now get he's... Dusk being like, oh, you know, now I don't know if I fully trust his abilities as a pilot given last time. And I thought for sure, since she was thinking of like, oh, you know, given what happened last time we flew, we'd finally find out what actually happened to Pirelli. No, still not going to no, she- have him say like, yeah, I shot that guy. In fact, that chunk of curiosity is long gone. We we don't hear anything about Pirelli in this chapter. She's just moved on to... Uh, now all of her internal monologue is reinforcing this idea that she's joined the uh, Rebel Alliance. Oh, yeah. She goes from like, I don't know if this is for me to, this is my cause, and I believe in the cause, and the cause is everything. I die for the cause. And you're like, wow, you went just all in real quick. I assume that she just got an incredible amount of points and reputation with the Rebel Alliance and <laughs> shot right to Exalted. Yeah, every time she says, this is the cause I believe in, she gets 20 uh, points with the Rebel Alliance. So she just keeps <laughs> doing it. Yeah, I, I one of the few things I remember about playing Galaxies is that it did have a rudimentary rep system and that I joined the Empire immediately. Because uh, I wanted Stormtrooper armor. Well, uh, there you go. It's cool looking. I mean, granted, it's not great to want to be a Stormtrooper unless you're in the 501st. Ah. Uh. All right, so, uh, as they're flying along, indeed, they get a yet another fucking box of loot. Yay, another loot box for them, because, hey, they finished up the uh, quest chain that actually brought them to Leia to get the new quest to go mm-hmm. to Dantooine. So since they finished up that quest chain, now they get their choice of loot. Yeah, so, because ch- chapter eight was, hey, Parali pops into the back of the the freighter is like hey just so you know captain dim left you a box of loot why don't you dig through it and describe each thing in it at length and here we are chapter 10 two chapters later uh leia left a whole bunch of loot for us in the back of this why don't you go root around in there and describe all the loot just tell us what each piece of loot is and which one's good for your class so that you can take it (laughs) and apparently she's good with blasters now because she takes two uh, not, she takes the sporty blaster and a heavy blaster, which she hides. Yeah. Cause the sport blaster is legal. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to go into, 
the jungles of Dantooine. You're like, oh, okay, this is just like a sidearm blaster that's fine. But the actual heavy blaster that's more like military grade, she has to hide in her big old environmental jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we get a whole description of the different types of clothes that are available. The ship's just packed to the gills with rifles and pistols and swords and knives and a whole bioengineering kit, which I assume is, you know, a you know, a prop so that she can look like a bio like play the part of a bioengineer. Uh. But she doesn't react to it that way. When she comes across the bioengineering kit, she's like, Oh good. They gave me all the tools I'd need to do like research and gathering and sample collection right there on Dantooine, which of course is not why I've been assigned to go there at all. Yeah, but you want it in the freighter so that when you show up and they're like, hey, why don't you have any of the equipment to do the thing you say you are here to do? No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that the stuff doesn't make any sense being there. It makes perfect sense being there. What I'm saying is her reaction to the stuff was, oh, sweet. So I can do bioengineering and not, oh, I get it. Subterfuge. <laughs> well, I mean, so, we know that Dusk will just be like, ooh, a plant. I should take a sample regardless of what's going on. So that's true. That is very true. She, She's uh, such an ingrained bioengineer that uh, she can't help herself from doing any bioengineering. Why, this, this next chapter, not this one, but the next one, is so full of bioengineering, it's crazy. And bioengineering, by the way, is saying the names of animals. Oh, yeah. Bioengineering in this book is having a subscription to space zoo books. <laughs> Plus the tiger poster. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, so now at a certain point, go ahead. The uh, The other thing that we're getting a lot in this and the next chapter is we've already really had a bit of this before where Finn, you know, he pulled away f when they were bumping and grinding with the last loot crate. Mm -hmm. And we also have more of that this time around where he's like, oh, you know, I just... Uh, you know, things are different now and I don't, I don't know if I can, you know, I want to be with you, but I don't know if I can do whatever. And he's, he's very coy about like why he wouldn't be able to have a relationship with her. Like there's oh, well, definitely, we know. It's, it's, it's because of the empire. <laughs> yes, obviously because of the empire. <laughs> it's because of it's, yeah, no further questions. Is it the empire? Yeah. It's the, it's my time of the empire. <laughs> The Sorry, baby, can't do it tonight. I've got an empire. <laughs> the thing that was getting me was because of that, and he keeps going like, oh, you know, now that you're actually part of the cause, I don't know. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you the empire spy? Did you kill I mean, Pirelli yeah. because you called in the TIE fighters? I, I mean, yeah, by economy of characters, it, we're surprisingly close to done with this book. Oh yeah. We are very deep into this book now. And I'm like, well, we've never seen the empire spy guy. And, mm. uh, he keeps acting real suspicious. And we've never officially received confirmation that, that Finn was princess Leia's person from the introduction. I mean, at this point, I'm fairly certain we know he is because she's happy to see him on Corellia. But I, I'm starting to think that they're both describing the same guy. Yeah, it's entirely possible that he is, in fact, a Dublé agent. 
Yeah, because it's not at this point. We're so close to the end of the book that if they were to introduce like, ah, yes, I'm Moff killing you guy. I'm the evil Empire agent, and I am also here. <laughs> I'm Zap Gunhaver. <laughs> it's just a. Uh, it's not likely at this point because there wouldn't be enough time to introduce and describe the character and have them have an arc in any way. Now we do so, get some idea that maybe. There is someone else because there is a little bit in this chapter while they're headed towards Dantooine where Dusk thinks someone is following them because there is a small radar blip just at the edge of radar distance that shows up a couple of times and she's like, oh no, someone's following us and trying to not show up on radar. And, right. you know, then they don't see it again. So I assume the person who was following them was like, ah, oh, shit, I got too close twice. Yeah. Now, at this point, because we're not sure who the good guy and who the bad guy is and so on, there's a chance that the person following them could be from either side. It could be an alliance rescuer that we don't expect, like, I don't know, Wedge or something. But it could just as easily be, what's his name, Loam Reg or whatever from the introductory chapters. It could. Or, you know, the... As yet, non-introduced bad guy that we still need to see, maybe? Yeah, or it could still be my idea that it's Ten Down and on that he <laughs> was the bad Empire guy the whole time, and that his death was faked. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. If mm -hmm. that is actually what happens in this book, I'm going to give you $5. <laughs> Can I see your copy of the book for a couple of days? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. I was about to spend hundreds of dollars having that book modified so that I could win $5. Oh, yeah. Well, it's worth it just to take $5 from me. <laughs> Five of your dollars? Are you kidding me? Those are the best kind of dollars. <laughs> the exchange rate on your dollars to my dollars is amazing. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, she thinks she's followed as they're making their approach to Dantooine. But uh, before that also happens, there's a point where Finn thinking that... So when they find the Holocron, the, the goal is to take the Holocron and bring it back to the New Republic, or the Rebel Alliance at this point, uh, who who need it because it is full of Imperial symp or Rebel sympathizers inside of the Alliance. But barring that, if they are unable to rescue and, re and recover the thing, they are supposed to destroy it and any evidence of it as well. Mm-hmm. And he's basically gung-ho about this and is telling her, like, look, there's a really solid chance we're going to have to blow ourselves up to get this thing destroyed if it if it might fall into Empire hands. And she's like, cool, yeah, whatever. I'm willing to commit suicide for this. That's That seems uh, that seems right to me. Yeah, I, like, I case, love this cause, and I will mm -hmm. die for it. But just in case I, I do and you don't, uh, I'm going to teach you how to fly the, the, the shuttle and she's so busy being in love and thinking about bioengineering that she is not willing to invest all that much of her personal, like, mental resources. And Basically, she sits down at the ship's controls, takes a look at it, and goes, this is complicated. I mean, to be fair, if you sat me down in an airplane and were like, here's how to fly this thing, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not sure why you're still on it with these airplanes. These are space vehicles. Space planes. We've already established they're planes. You just said airplane, and I never agreed to that. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> They're different kinds of things. Yeah, but we've no. seen the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and it's got dials and switches aplenty. It's got thingamabobs, and I want 20. 
Well, yeah, but that's a heavily modified smuggling raider thingy. This is this is a shuttle. This thing's designed to be flown by the last surviving trooper. I bet it's got a button on it that just says "Go home." <laughs> this is idiot-proof Air Force level flight. Nah, Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> so, anyway, she's not especially invested. She takes a she takes a a small try at learning to fly the ship, and more or less gives up. And that's when. Finn comes in and is like, hey, go get changed. Go put on, you know, m- new clothes that have slightly better DPS numbers. <laughs> yeah. Look, you already changed your clothes last time we got a crate, but this one gives you plus 10 to agility, so you better pop that on. Look, this game's really old. We don't have an optimal equipment button, so you're going to have to go do some digging and equipping. <laughs> you're going to have to manually check these against each other because we're not even going to have a, have a hover over option to look at what it looks like to be like oh this gives me whatever you're gonna have to do the math okay so oh god do, do i have to go to the fucking wiki for 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 this game and learn oh gee, i hate this uh i don't even know what stats are good for me or not eh it, it it's an early mmo it doesn't matter <laughs> so she goes back there and we get a full-on description of how she picks out very careful clothes um you know uh, gets like John was saying, an environmental suit with a hidden blaster, a couple of survival knives, a bunch of extra uh, ammo packs, her bioengineering kit. She looks the part of an imperial bioengineer out and a scouting. Indeed, and uh, you know when they get to the Dantween, they do indeed have to get boarded and have everything checked. And of course, Dusk spends the entire time absolutely freaking out. Because anytime they're like, hey, what's this? She's like, oh, no, they found all the weapons. I mean, luckily for her, we uh, she gets winked at by Finn right before the stormtroopers come on board. And that gives her a thousand times confidence. Oh, yeah. She's just like, ah, a wink. Now I'm at ease. Yeah. So uh, so she she gets to be put at ease. The stormtroopers come marching in and they are very zealous stormtroopers because, as John mentioned earlier, they are bored. Yeah, there's uh, nothing Dantooine like bored people to do their job. Mm-hmm. So, okay. At, at one point, they're like, oh, my God, sir, come back here and look. I guess, I, I do we still do Stormtrooper voice on this show? I don't remember. Is that a uh-huh. thing we do? <laughs> that was a thing we did in the first episode, because there, or the first series, because there were a lot of Stormtroopers in that book. Yeah, we haven't really had a lot of Stormtroopers that get lines until now. Sir, come back and take a look at this. It's, I think it's some kind of, I found a big box of guns, but then I found a weird thing that looks like it might be a gun, and that worries me. I found a gooshy dildo back here. <laughs> uh, is it near the huge box of weapons and guns that they also had? Yes, sir. Hmm. And, and you're worried about it? It might be some kind of weapon. I see. <laughs> uh... So they go back there. It's just some bioengineering tool. Oh, yeah, and... <laughs> Much Dusk like is Dusk. like, hey, Finn, if if I need to, I'm going to make a run for it and you fly out of here. I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice myself for you and the cause, the cause I believe in now a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she goes back there and uh, they show her this thing and she's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I, that game looks scary. No, it's for bioengineering. That's to pull samples out of animals or something. Yeah, this uh-huh. is this He's, is my goo blaster. Yeah, it, that's for blasting goo. Careful, the stuff in there is super viscous. <laughs> huh? 
yeah, I preserve stuff in here and I use it for med packs and you know, it's it's just here as a uh a tool for creating things. If you got a bench I could make some stuff at, I could use it there. Yeah. It's like so, having a hammer in order to do blacksmithing, you know. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she's just like and they're just like, how come you haven't replaced this with a gnomish army knife that does all the things? <laughs> oh pish posh. I'm old school. <laughs> This is before that device was introduced. Look, I still uh, have a bag just for arrows, okay? So let's let's keep it in check. I have a shotgun equipped, even though I am a warrior. <laughs> okay, so... She also somehow manages to work in a joke at this point about how she has to carry this equipment because she's a woman in the Empire. Oh, yeah. Well, they're I, like, I, oh, why are you out here on this shitty detail and she's like oh it's because i'm a woman yeah and they're just they're just like yep checks out that's exactly what women in the empire do they get sent to far off places by themselves yep you get shitty assignments because you're a lady yeah so at this point these stormtroopers are satisfied and go tromping off the ship indeed and then i think they land like the first time the empire comes and gets them they haven't they're they haven't landed yet they just get boarded now they're landing at the Dantooine spaceport, which is just this dusty nothing. Well, yeah, I think it's just that they were already landed. They just weren't allowed to leave yet. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, they, they mentioned that there's like a cantina that's that got a couple of dusty events. It sounds like this is just a super high level zone that no one goes to. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, what's here? Uh, some tents, like one both in doing surveying and very bored stormtroopers. Yeah, and the Bothan doing surveying is clearly doing in-game actions, because they're like, there's one Bothan out here. What's he doing? He's scraping some sort of non-amorphous crystal and gems into a sample container. Oh, good. All right. Oh, is, there, is there an action bar underneath him that tells him how long until he can finish? Yeah, there's a little thing that says surveying, and the bar's about 50% <laughs> full, so... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, and then they get accosted by more stormtroopers. We just we just do that again. This time they want them to basically complete a quick introductory survey, like why are you here and who are you and what's the point of you being on this planet, kind of stuff. Oh yeah, the officer just comes up and he's like, "Sorry, we didn't have you sign in," and you know, probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's like, "Okay, well, I, I sure. Why, why do I need to? First of all, why? What?" What do you even talk? Okay, you know what? Never mind. Let's just sign in. Let's. Just, I'm good at this. I'm a spy. <laughs> I love that and, she decides instead of just going, oh, okay, and signing, she's like, well, Commander, what's your name? I'm going to tell your supervisor how good of a job you're doing. Why, I'll get you off this planet. Uh, I'm definitely not being overly weird about this. And then, with Finn Darktrin's help, I'll give you a promotion, she says. <laughs> to Commander Fuse? Fuche? Fucky? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Fuche. It's def that's, a, that's definitely a sloppy C in there. Oh, he's about to get the sloppy C, if you know what I mean. 
I do not. Uh, but yeah, Commander Fuche is is our uh, our stormtrooper du jour, and he asks just a couple questions that are making her uncomfortable. Like, what are you doing here? I'm here to survey ruins. Okay, well, what's that guy? He's here to help me. Okay, well, I need you to sign in. No, I mean yes. And it's nowhere near as exciting. I, 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 I'm not sure. It, it's almost like they just worry. We're worried that their book wasn't long enough. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he has to be like, oh hey, if you're going out in the jungle, you want, uh, you want some of my guys to go with you. It can be dangerous out there. And she has to give like a full page thing of like, no, you'll just slow us down. Do your men know about the, in the jungle and how to take samples? I don't think so. You see, I work for the emperor and I'm like, wow, you need to rein it in. Yeah, basically it really feels like she's trying too hard to earn some stunt dice. Uh. Where she's just like, oh, well, the stormtrooper is like a one difficulty to get past him. He just wants you to sign a pad. And she's like, I'll tell you what, mister, maybe someday the Empire's going to install a base here. And when they do, I'll pull some strings and get you a position as the commander of the base. How about that, mister? And the whole time he's just like, I just need you to sign the paper. <laughs> just please, your signature, please. <laughs> For the love of God, stop telling me random obvious lies. They are doing nothing. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't care. Just. Just sign it. Just please sign it. Sign. Sign. Please. Okay. Well, you've, you've definitely got something going on here. I'll let you ramble. I'll tell you one thing for sure. I'm the emperor's hand. <laughs> the things I point to, they die. And the things I don't point to, they live. Do you get my drift? I could go on. Do you like <laughs> fleek eels? Uh, I'm going to set you up with so many fleek eels. Oh, okay. All right, please. Please sign. I'm also a Black Sun operative. I'm working multiple angles. <laughs> uh, could you just roll? Just please. Please just roll. roll. Please just roll persuasion. I'm sorry I even brought this up. Please leave. <laughs> Why did I have you meet stormtroopers twice? <laughs> you could have just met stormtroopers once. Ugh. And eventually she signs the fucking paper. And then off they go, marching into the wild of Dantooine. And Dantooine appears to be like an African savanna planet. Yeah, I mean, it's when they start going in there, it is uh, raining, which hooray. And yeah. and she's happy about that. Oh, yeah, because it's going to mask their scent. But also it gives them a nice like the notebook style type kiss. That's right, it does, after a while. Because they, they walk out there, and the first thing they have to do is be like, ah, uh, a herd of something. What are those? Why, those are... Oh, no, the first thing they do is just straight up be like, oh, wow, hey, it's good we're here. Let's make out. Anyway, let's go. Oh, is that okay? I I, I thought they saw a herd of animals first. Oh, no. Not, not until so many, next chapter. There, there's so... Her, Oh, we're still in chapter 10, aren't we? Oh, yeah. No, chapter 11 is all, let me identify some animals for you. But yeah. chapter 10 just sort of ends with, again, a reason I think Finn might be, you know, a secret bad guy. Is he's like, oh, I can't believe I met someone like you now at this moment when sh we should be involved in this. Yeah, so... They have a, like John was saying, a very Nicholas Sparks grade kiss in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, surrounded by 
lavender grass and the pouring rain, they mm-hmm. find each other there on and the, truth- the savannah. <laughs> It took them traveling all the way to this small town on Dantooine to discover each other amid the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> uh, Ruins of Dantooine, brought to you by the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> that can't be true. Finn Darktrain is black. <laughs> we don't know that. We do not know that. I just looked up a picture of him. Aww. <laughs> is he an actual NPC in the game? Tell me he yes. is. Yeah, oh, no, the sweet. art of him is 100% from the game. Yes. He looks awful. I got to tell you right now. Ah, He's got, I I, I don't do a quick diversion real quick here. Just to tell you what Finn looks like. They mentioned his dark, gorgeous hair. It's two Mohawks side by side Mohawks. Oh yes. I'm loving that. (laughs) He looks like a Deveronian because they're just bad Mohawks. So it looks like he's got ugly poop horns. Oh, ugly poop horns. That's the last name of my other Star Wars character, Poop Horns. First- <laughs> hey, it's me, Ugly Poop Horns. I'm here to do business. Yeah, uh, yeah no, he's he apparently actually existed in the game because here he is. Wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, they have a they have a tender kiss, uh, and then they resolve to continue going and do things for the good of the Alliance. Uh, Chapter eleven. Chapter. 11. Uh, Chapter 11 opens with, as I mentioned earlier, them cresting a ridge and seeing a bunch of big grazing herbivores. Uh, Mist or Dusk identifies them as piquette longhorns, and we get a full workdown of what they look like. I bet I could just Google them right now and get the mob from the the game. I'm sure. I mean, from the description, it kind of sounds like big giraffes. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured they were. I I pictured somewhere between Pachycephalosaurus and Giraffe, and based on a Google, that's not entirely wrong. They're basically Repto-Giraffes. Ah, Repto-Giraffes. And she sees them, and she she's like, those are Picat Longhorns. We should skirt around them. They're not super dangerous. After all, they are herbivores, but they are unusually large, and they can be defensive of their terrain. And also, wherever they go, predators are sure to follow. You see, they're the prey. Oh, my, but they're so big and they're prey. Wow, says Finn. (laughs) Which I'm like, wait, are we establishing that that's not a common thing in Star Wars planets? That on Star Wars planets, the predators are usually bigger than the prey, which is not super common when it comes to large land mammals. No, but apparently all predators are normally like, I guess, rancor sized. (laughs) Yeah, it's all rancors and sand dragons, and all the all the prey is like big fat repto horses and giraffes. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, no, these are just the prey, and I'm like, you know, when you're describing them as looking like giraffes, and then saying, but the predator is even bigger. All I'm thinking is giraffe predators aren't bigger than giraffes; they're they're way smaller. Well, I mean, she doesn't say that the predators are bigger; they're just deadlier. That's true. Yeah. So they're going to avoid the Piquette Longhorns. But this is our first chance for just the this chapter is just an endless series of compliments to her for being such a good bioengineer. Look at you knowing what that animal is. You're so good. You're so novel. (laughs) Uh, 
so he's just like, thank God you're here because now you know what all these animals are. And I'd, I'd be like, you know who I would have preferred than someone who just has like Wikipedia open to Star Wars animals would be someone who had the stones to get a, to get a speeder at the camp. Uh. Like where we landed to just get a speeder so we don't have to deal with the animals and we just drive past them. Why didn't we just do that? Why not? Because you'd think <laughs> you'd be like, oh, hey, uh, we've established that for some reason bioengineers are very highly regarded and ranked in Imperial things. Mm-hmm. So you'd think you'd be like, I need to requisition a speeder. And then they would just be like, cool. All right. And you could just fly directly to whatever dumb base you were going to. Yeah, you wouldn't have to stop at every single animal you encounter and be like, ah, that's a flubus. They're not dangerous, but they could be dangerous. We better take an even longer path around them. You could just be like, fuck it, we're driving there. Uh, it's so weird that they do that with the pikets, but then almost immediately after that, they come across pretty much just double trunk elephants. Yeah, the thunes. And the which thunes- is funny because. You're like, oh, well, we're just going to walk through their territory. And you're like, but you, then why didn't you just walk through the pikets? Like, you said that these are just as big, if not bigger than the pikets, and yet you don't worry about them stampeding? What is going on here? I guess maybe pikets are more skittish or prone to stampeding, where thunes are clearly just elephants. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think No one's ever heard of an elephant stampede. I think she just wanted to touch one because that's what happens. They go between them very slowly and carefully, and she runs her finger along one of their legs. And I can't stress enough how much these are just big elephants. Oh, yeah. They've got, it's they've just got elephants. frills like they've got like a triceratops frill, but not the horns. Oh, yeah. Just like and that, the thing that is, back- there's a point where Finn freaks out because one of them like starts flapping their ears and he's like, oh no, is that an aggressive thing? And we get a whole fucking description of how actual elephant ears work. And yet these things don't even have them. Ugh. Ugh, jeez. Because you look at the model and the model is like, they've got one big round frill thing. Like they're uh, one of those lizards that can run on water. Yeah, but instead, she just describes elephants cooling themselves. It's like, oh, because their ears are big. And if you flap them and cool the blood in the ears down, then the the cooled blood will go into the rest of their body and cool them down, you know, internally. These are elephants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm describing elephants to you right now. You know, it's weird that you haven't seen these. I normally find them anywhere I go. In fact, last time I saw 17 thunes. <laughs> Each one larger than the one that preceded it. I once saw 23 thunes, all of them putting on a circus performance. Quite the show. 26 thunes, and one of them had thought to bring a speeder like a civilized gentleman. (laughs) I saw 27 thunes, and two of them were kissing, and another was arguing over a loot box. I saw 27 thunes in a closet, and they were making babies, and one of the babies looked at me. I saw 30 thunes come sailing in. <laughs> On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave me 44 thunes. 
Woo! All right. Okay. All right. They're not that interesting. It's just that they encounter some fucking elephant NPC mobs and they walk past them and who fucking cares? Yeah, of course. The book takes like two and a half pages to describe them walking through a herd of elephants, essentially. Yeah. Uh, now, eventually, as they're making their way along, they come across not what they're looking for, because apparently they're looking for old Jedi ruins. Yes. Now, I, I keep this is the weirdest thing to me. Holocrons are, you know, a feature of old Jedi ruins, right? Because they're like old Jedi communication and data storage tools. Mm-hmm. But this holocron is loaded not with old Jedi stuff, but with the names and locations of rebel sympathizers inside of the Empire. Yes. Why did they store it in an old Jedi ruin? Uh, because then it wouldn't look out of place. Why is it not a holocron? Why are we looking for old ruins? Because here's the thing. They don't find the ruins first. They find the old rebel base first. Well, I mean, I have to say, first they find some natives. Oh, right. Okay. We can briefly talk about the Dantari. It's not like anything happens with them. It's just another excuse to describe a mob. Oh, yeah. It's just, ooh, there are these natives down there. Why, perhaps we should go around? And Finn's just like, nah, let's murder him. Let's just murder those. They're worth XP, right? Why don't you take some samples? And she's like, well, they're they're semi-sentient. They're like cavemen, basically. Like They're called the Dantari, and they're a non-technological, native, almost human species that lives here on the planet. Like, they've gotten to the point where they have, like, rock clubs and things like that. So, you know, they're very Stone Age level. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't want to kill that caveman we met on Locke, because we also met a different kind of local mob caveman on Locke. You had nothing to say then. Yeah, but these guys are in the way. <laughs> but yeah, Finn's just like, let's just plow through them and murder them with, with uh, no dignity or nothing. And she's like, wait, what? Why are, why are you suggesting that for the cave people and not for, like, the giraffes? Yeah, why were you like, ah, yes, we should definitely take a long path around these very skittish prey animals instead of just shooting at one of them and having them trample off. But when it comes to these sentient beings, we should probably just murder them. And not just the men, the women and children too. I mean, good for him. He's going to have his way. These Dantari guys eventually get wiped out when some other Imperial super weapon is unleashed on Dantooine in a different book. Ah, different books. Yeah. Uh, I looked up the planet Dantooine at one point to see if it was worth doing, or I think maybe we already, we already did it as a bonus content. I don't fucking remember. But we, I ended up reading about these Dantari people just a little bit. Just a little bit. Anyway, yeah, they avoid them, and then they find the old rebel base, which is described as this big dome thing, because it's, you know, it's uh, an automatic self-pop-up dome device designed to create an instant base. And it's... <sighs> It's again begging the question for, like, why is this holocron in the Jedi ruins? Because they escaped from here. Like, they had found a uh, tracking device that had come in, and they managed to get out before the Imperials show up. And I don't understand yeah. why they were like, ah, yes, let's get out of here. And, you know, if we had kept the holocron here we would have it and leave with it, but we decided to put it out in a Jedi temple somewhere where we couldn't get to it easily if we needed to leave. 
yeah, it really is an unusual choice that someone made at some point. Uh, at this point, we get a conversation, as they're making their way to the ruins, we get a conversation between uh, Dusk and Finn about why the space is abandoned and what happened. And they're like, oh, so, you know, there's a tracking device. They evacuated inside of a day, 24 hours until they evacuated. And then later, Leia gave up the location of this planet to the Empire. And for some reason, Dusk gets really mad. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh, Leia would never betray anyone. I know I've only met her for two minutes, but I have complete faith in that PC. Yeah. <laughs> he he never once just goes like, yeah, she knew already. Instead, it's like, no, wait, hold on. Let me tell you. She divulged the information only under torture from Moff Tarkin and only under extreme duress. And she's like, I would never. No amount of torture could cause me to divulge the location of rebel sympathizers. I, what are you even talking? And finally, he's like, uh, and also she knew the base had been abandoned. She like, she knew. No, yeah. there were no rebels here when she gave it up. I like, should, maybe I should have led. It up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably should have led with the basic information. But I also needed to explain that she was on a Death Star and they blew up Alderaan. Like, I have to get that in here. Yeah, I can't not mention the stuff that happened in the movie, right? I mean, it was an opportunity for me to mention stuff in the movie. I have to. It's in the contract. Yeah. Now, Dusk has no interest in this base. She doesn't want to go in there. She thinks it's creepy. And not for nothing, but it's also pretty much infested with the local equivalent of wolves. Oh, really? You you went with wolves? I was thinking they were more like lions for some reason. The Hurtoons or whatever they're called? The Hurtons? The Hurton Locker? Uh, I, yeah, I think they're, what was it? Was it Hurtoon or Hurton, Hurton or Hurt, Hurton? H-U-U-R-T-O-N. Hurton. Yeah, Hurton. I don't know. I'm going to look them up right now and I'll tell you. Uh, okay, they look like uh, if you combined a pit bull body with an armadillo head. Uh, what? Yeah, they got like one, br they got like an armored brow ridge that makes them look, I guess, Star Wars-y, and then the rest is just green dog. <laughs> green dog. Wow, so, you are not kidding. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, this has been a fun tour through the world of old Star Wars MMO monsters. But these, <laughs> these squat little armadillo face pit bulls have infested the place now this is the first time that we've encountered a straight-up predator uh like these things are predatory wolf monsters basically and unlike with every other animal where they're like we should probably avoid those they're like no it's cool just don't get between them and their cubs yeah like just goes oh there's uh someone on the prowl over there let's just i don't know skirt into the building and i oh, don't worry about that one with children she won't attack as long as we, you know, keep a distance. You're like, that's weird that you would decide you can't get anywhere near some giraffes, but the second you get near murder dillos, you're like, ah, yes, this is fine. They're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? Um, So they make their way in. Now, again, Dust doesn't even want to do this. She's like, the holocron's not here. Aren't we in a huge fucking hurry? But, you know... Finn's like, ooh, there could have been shit that they left here. I gotta find stuff. Yeah, yeah, obviously you're the bad guy. Fine. John, you will never owe me $5. <laughs> if he wants to poke around the rebel base and do spying on rebels, it's because he's clearly the bad guy. He's both the good guy and the bad guy. Fine. Yeah. You dopey double mohawked weirdo. <laughs> 
Uh, love it. So Absolutely he's, love he's, it. He just won't stop poking around. And at, at a certain point, I, I Dust kind of gets into it and wanders into like an officer's old office and just like, wait, someone ransacked this after it was abandoned. And it doesn't look like it was the Hertons. Maybe it was some kind of locals or something. Perhaps that evil pirate organization I've heard of, the Grey Talons. Yes, that's right. Or maybe it was the Dantari. No, Could it was be. the Grey Talons. It was the Grey Talons, yeah. It was an outlaw organization that did this. Uh, okay, so... It was the portrait of Dantarian Grey Talon. I mean, it doesn't matter who did this, because none of this seems like it's ever going to matter. Eventually, Dusk gets... Or, or Dusk goes and sits around outside waiting for Finn to finish up whatever the fuck poking around he wants to do. And then he pops out, and he's just like, okay, I did everything I need. We should probably get going. Yeah, well, it's night now, and the night predators are out. Yep, so they set up camp. She goes foraging a little bit because as a bioengineer, she can forage. I get that one because you actually do need foraging experience. But all the things where they're like, thank God you're a bioengineer because you know what wolves is. Yeah, but uh, this time she's like, look, I found like a melon and some berries. Good for me. We shall eat of these. Didn't we bring a ton of rations? Wasn't that like part of the plan? Like, wouldn't you think we would do that? Wouldn't you think our collection's complete? Two references to that song now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Mm. So, of course, <laughs> would they get attacked at this point by a local mo animal, a Vorator lizard. And I got to say, this is the least exciting description of a giant animal attack. It's almost like the book starts from board. Ah. Because they're just like, and then the vor that's when the Vorator lizard showed up. A large lizard came stomping into camp looking to bite them. I I don't know why I was like, this seems weird. Because they're like, oh, it's just, you know, a, like a crocodile or an alligator or whatever. It's just a two meter long lizard and it wants to bite you. And mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, it's immune to blaster fire. Like, even the heavy blaster doesn't do anything? Yeah, yeah, this is, it, it's described as having unusually heavy armor against blasters uh, as a species. So they keep shooting at it, and it's just not doing anything. It all just bounces right off it. The thing that made me irritated about this is that this is described, all the other things have been repto mammals so far, right? Like, they got fur, maybe some weird bony scale plates or something. This thing is just a big fucking lizard. Yeah. What's it doing hunting at night? Lizards don't hunt at night. The only well, species of lizards that hunts at night is geckos. This is a very big gecko. Okay, it's a giant gecko. Uh, I, I think there might be a couple other types. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make that kind of blanket statement. This thing should be sleeping. Hmm. But anyway, out it jumps and it just starts trying to bite at them, and they both shoot at it and dodge away from its giant teeth. And I, it sounds like I'm describing an exciting battle scene, but the book could not give a fuck about this lizard. Now, eventually, the way that they deal with this is Dusk decides it would be a great idea to throw a thermal detonator into the thing's mouth. I mean, it's not the worst idea ever. The thing keeps attacking them, and it's not taking any kind of wounds from blaster fire. So, assumedly, if you churn up its insides, that's probably a pretty good way to get rid of it. Well, the thing is, I had 
the exact same reaction that Finn has afterwards, where he's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck did you just do, you idiot? Let me pull down a chart of what a thermal detonator does. Now, as you can see here on the pull down. <laughs> so true. Because he's like, that one had a beradium core. That was a class A 12 thermal detonator with an explosion radius of 20 meters. We, you would have incinerated all of us. That had to be a faulty one, because otherwise we'd all be dead. Or maybe it worked perfectly and it was inside of super tough lizard hide, which is equally tough from the outside. May I cite as reference Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? <laughs> that or may I cite, I do not know what a thermal detonator is. I'm a bioengineer. <laughs> I don't know what a thermal detonator is. I'm a Star Wars woman. <laughs> Please. I'm glad you had this chart handy. <laughs> you should keep this around in case Leia ever needs to be told what a thermal detonator is in about two years. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he gets really mad at her, but she's more or less nonplussed about the whole situation. She's like, what? We blew up the lizard. Everything's great now. Yeah, she was like, eh, you know. It was just going to keep attacking and probably kill us both. So, you know, took my chances, rolled the dice. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, smart move. I mean, ultimately, it probably would have been smarter to wait for it to open its mouth and then just shoot in there. Yes, but, you know. Just shoot down its throat, you know, just wait for it to open its throat and just shoot down the throat right right down in there. Yeah, just just really blast down its throat. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Just blast rope. That's what that... That's what it wants. That hot energy rope. That's what it wants. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she tried. She showed her shot and it worked. It blew up the fucking lizard. And now we're done with the lizard story. That was the whole lizard story. Hooray. And now <sighs> they they realize that, oh, my, just just over the ridge. There it is. There's there is the Jedi ruins of Dantooine. Yep, we've finally made our way there. We are at the uh, the Jedi Ruins of Dantooine. It is time for us to go into those and uh, find our destiny and probably that holocron. We've finally gotten to the titular Ruins of Dantooine. <laughs> yeah, with I think two episodes left in this book. Because <laughs> this Good. was what, 10 and 11? I think there are 14 chapters in here. Hooray! So we may we may have to uh oh no there's 15. It'll it'll line up perfectly normally. There are, there are a good two more chapters worth of book. Hooray. Two more episodes. Mhm. And then god that reminds me I got to go figure out another Star Wars book. The time has come. The time has come. Yes, to, to read, read Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm excited about this very much. Uh, I've been reading interesting lists of bad Star Wars books and also I would like to be done reading this one. That would be great. Mhm. All right, well that was actually the end of chapter 11. They find the ruins. They don't go to them, they just see them. <laughs> so there you have it. That's uh two more exciting chapters of Ruins of Dantooine. I can't wait to find out what happens next. Spoiler alert, Finn is definitely the bad guy. Yeah, I can't wait until Finn betrays dusk and then i don't know probably let's say betrays the empire because he loves dusk let's say that let's say that's the most obvious thing that could happen in this book 
I don't know. If, I think there's a because of the whole radar ghost thing. I think he betrays her, and then she gets saved by a different handsome man who shows up out of nowhere. Let's hope it's Han Solo. What a man! What a Solo. man, Solo. <laughs> Every time I say that, I forget that basically Han and man are supposed to rhyme in it for it to make sense as a song. <laughs> ah. Like when 3PO was writing it, he had to be like, Han Solo, what a man solo. Good. Great. Uh, every time, every time I'm like, Han Solo, what a man solo. As if it's just like tone poetry. But no, definitely it is for sure Han Solo, man solo as the starting rhyme. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just makes me sad that uh, Courtship of Princess Leia was written before the age of YOLO. Because <laughs> then uh, he yes, could have worked The that age in- of YOLO. Hans, Han Solo, what a man. YOLO, therefore you should date him now. After all, you only get one shot. <laughs> and because we're in the age of YOLO, I would not want you to throw away your shot. And other references. Good night. I've been C3PO. <laughs> Do not miss your chance to blow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, Atu, there's vomit on my sweater already. <laughs> what a man solo. Don't miss your chance to blow low. <laughs> this is no movie. There's no Chewbacca Pfeiffer. <laughs> okay, God let's be done. Damn it. Okay. Let's be done. I think we can be done. Uh, that said, we aren't really done because now it's going to be time for us to go do the bonus content on Expanded Expounded Universe where we find silly articles in Wikipedia and come back and tell them to each other and to you. And you can find that at our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery for the $2 level. That's right. You get us telling you goofy nonsense that you would normally not hear from our book reviews. And Mm -hmm. at that level, you also unlock our system mastery bonus content where we make characters and RPGs that we've reviewed. And if you want to give a little bit more, you want to grease that wheel up just a smidge. You go to that Mm -hmm. $5 level. Ooh, baby. You get that afterthought and TV mastery. Man, what a fucking deal. We make so many bonus shows. What a deal. Solo. yeah, you wouldn't think we had time to write a bunch of books, but we did. So also, a new book will be coming out December 15th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon or Simon & Schuster. It's called Dungeon Meister, and it's a nerdy cocktail guide. Yes, indeed. Many a good recipe for a tasty drink. We've got all the seasons covered. You can have some nice spiced warm drinks for the winter season and once it moves on into the warm summer months you can get a nice little melon cooler for you why i assume there's one of those great. in there <laughs> i don't remember any of the things that I, I i'm i'm gonna be as excited as you are to read the book <laughs> i wrote it a long time ago <laughs> that's a shame uh, oh just that i don't have any memory yeah i'm sad i'm no, sad for it's, you it's it's not great. It's not a great thing about me. No, of all the things about you, not one of my favorites. And there are so many things I like about you because you're a likable fellow and a good person. Aww, thank you so much. But I wish I could remember that you had given me that compliment by tomorrow. <laughs> nah, tomorrow I'll be back it. to calling you a little chump dumpus. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, at least I'm little. Okay. <laughs> so that's all the stuff we've got going on. 
And uh, until such time as a couple of weeks go by and we present you with more exciting Star Wars content, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I saw 37 death sticks, each one deadlier than the last. (laughs) 